Hello and welcome to the Ocean Rowing Club podcast, where each week we will talk to a past ocean rower to get their unique view on the ocean rowing experience. My guest this week is one of the most positive people I have ever met. It's Matthew Pritchard. Hello, Matthew. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Alex. Right, my name is Matthew Pritchard. I am 48. I'm from Cardiff in Wales. The row, uh, the team name of the row was Monkey Fist, Atlantic Dash, uh, going across the Atlantic from, well, it was meant to originally be from Lanzarote to uh, Antigua, but we got into some difficulties uh, just by the Canaries, so we had to come into uh, Fortaventura for repairs, so we, it was initially, well, it went, we went from Fortaventura to Antigua in the end. The year of the row was 2020. Four of us were in the team. Length of the crossing was uh, about 3,000, just over 3,000 miles, nautical miles. It wasn't a race. It was just uh, four of us doing it for two different charities, um, one human a mental health charity, and the other one was for Dean Found Trust, which is an animal sanctuary in Chepstow. Just a little side note, um, I know that 2020 and 2021 basically feel like the same year, uh, but Matt's row was in 2021, not 2020. Anyway, let's start with the main question. Why did you want to row across an ocean? Uh, well, well, I mean, it just... In 2011, my friend John Haskell, a fireman, I got to meet him through a friend and he was about to row across the Atlantic as part of the um, oh, the uh, Talisker Whiskey. I don't think it was Talisker Whiskey then, but it's the, same, it's the same event. And he bought a wooden rowing boat and he actually rowed across the Atlantic in 2011. And at the time, I was helping him raise money by doing runs and stuff on a treadmill in Tesco's towards his chosen charity, which was the Fireman's Charity. So he he made it he got across the other side and he told me all about it and stuff <laughs> I can remember at the time I was like ah oh, man that sounds super super gnarly and I just thought nah that's I don't think that's something I could do and a few years later somebody asked somebody else asked me if I'd like to row the um, row the Atlantic with them and I just and then I just thought, oh, no, nah, I don't. I think it was that thing I was being. I was just, it was going to be. I stuck in the middle of the ocean. If something goes wrong, I'm dead. And I couldn't get that out of my head. And I was just like, no. Nah. So I turned. So I turned though. Anyway, COVID kicked in 2020, and I went for a bike rides around Cardiff. Uh, and I know John Haskell, who did the row in 2011. He was living on a boat uh, in Cardiff Marina, and I was cycling past Cardiff Marina, and I seen him outside on his boat, and I shouted to him. He's like, "Oh, come down!" I hadn't seen him for ages, so I just came down, and we went for a little uh, go on his boat on a lovely summer's afternoon, really hot and sunny. He had a few beers and stuff, and he was telling me that he was about to go and do uh, the Indian Ocean. I was like, "Wow, man, that's 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 amazing!" Blah 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 blah. And we were just we, we just had a good time and then because he said he was doing it with uh, a company called monkey fist no i just left him i didn't think anything of it and then i got a, I, I just got a phone call off him and he said um monkey fist want to know if you're interested in doing rowing across the atlantic ocean and this time i didn't hesitate at all i just said yep i'm up for it i'm down I, I just want i don't know why i think it was just the state of the world and just it just made you realize that you know we all we're all, we're all locked down and everything and it, Everything was a mess and it's just like, just do it. And that's why 
I well, but first of all, I had to go and check with my uh, fiance. Obviously, I couldn't just go and <laughs> do it without her giving me the the thumbs up. So she was cool with it. My business partner was good with it. Uh, so pretty much that was the decision there. Uh, the world's in a mess. Wicked. Let's go to, well, let's spend it going across, let's go spend it going across the ocean, raising money for charity. Uh, and at the same time, it was my, uh, because of what was going on in the world, and because the world was in such a mess, my head wasn't really in the best place, along with many others all over the world. And what better way, and I, and I know myself personally, that doing anything physical, uh, like road and ocean, well, obviously I've never done it before, but I knew that by doing anything physical, it always makes me happy and it puts me in my happy place. And that's um, one of the other reasons why I agreed to do it. So from going, well, from leaving the country and a and a bit of a mess, really, if I'd admit, if I, if I'd be honest, uh, to jumping on a boat and being happy as Larry. So anyway, that's what well, that's why I wanted to cross an ocean. Tell us the top three highlights of your crossing. Oh God, the top three. That's a, <laughs> there were quite a few, far more than three. Uh, I'd say I wanted to witness really bad weather. Um, I don't think we didn't get anything like hurricane <laughs> kind of stuff, but I wanted to witness being in high seas uh, and seeing what it was like. So we, we we were very lucky to have some big seas. And I remember saying to Billy, the skipper, and he's done three oceans before, I said, is, uh, you know, are the, is this big conditions? He's like, yep. This is getting pretty good. And I was like, yes. And we were, as much as I'm saying, yes, it was quite hairy, but at the same time, a buzz. All of a sudden, the seas just went, there was just one, you could, one minute I was at the top of the top of the swell, you could see everything. And the next minute you're at the bottom and you could feel yourself bottoming, bottoming out with the pressure and then looking up and just this huge wall of water. It was just insane and then I went uh, that went on throughout the night in the dark as well and that was pretty scary you're in the way smashing against the cabin and stuff and you're just like in the middle of nowhere on you on your own just well three four of us on our own in a boat far away from anywhere and I was just like wow man this is this is insane and doing the changeover from coming out from sleeping and then going out on the boat knowing that you've got to get into that oh man just amazing uh another highlight was in the middle where we decided to jump in to the Atlantic with 5,000 meters, 5,000 meters deep and jumped into a place in the ocean where nobody else has ever jumped in before. I could imagine. I had my goggles with me and I just looked down into the deep and you couldn't see anything. Didn't see any fish, didn't see nothing. It was just, we were in the middle of nowhere and it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so that was another highlight. And of course, the other, the third highlight for me was arriving in Antigua. Knowing that just crossed an ocean and it was just, oh man, I can't try and put those, try and put that feel into words. I don't think is possible, but, um, to actually witness it, it was just, oh man, it was just the, it was the best feeling I think I've ever, I've ever had. <laughs> Especially being greeted with champagne. Christ almighty, I've never drank four glasses of champagne so quick in all my life. And then, well, at the same time, trying to stand up because I hadn't stood up for seven weeks. And that was quite interesting as well. So, yeah, they were my top three highlights. What was the hardest part physically and what was the hardest part mentally? The hardest part physically was, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough. I mean, if you're going to go, if you if you think you're going to try and, if you think you're going to jump on a boat and not find it physically exhausting, then you're, you're nuts. But um, it was physically pretty tough. I mean, just sat on the seat for two hours every time. And you just, the, 
pain on my backside and my ass was in a mess. Your hands are in a mess. My, my my joints and stuff and my fingers were starting to seize up. And every time I went back, every time I got onto the oars, it took a good five minutes, five, ten minutes for my hands to stop hurting, to be able to row properly. So uh, I'd say that's, that was the hardest part physically. And then having to get into the cabin then and then deal with your wounds every single time you come off and uh, just looking after yourself. And, I'm, and the hardest part mentally was I... I mean, the hardest part mentally was just knowing the, the duration that you were going to be on this little boat for. I mean, it's 52 to seven weeks, 52 days, seven weeks, I think we were on out at sea. You know, that's a long time. And every now and again, I, I, I you know, I'd have a few bad days when you just, the, the, the thing you shouldn't do is look at the size of the challenge. Because when you think, look at the size of the challenge, it's like, Christ, <laughs> that's a long time on a boat in such a small space. So I'd say... If I when, I when I did think of that, that sort of got me down a little bit. But I, but meant I was quite for saying that I was quite happy mentally. Yes, it was tough, but I mean mentally, I was away from everything, and it was quite uh, it was quite a happy place. So yeah, it's quite hard to mention that one. It was hard knowing how bit how long it was going to be, but at the same time, I was quite happy being where I was. So it was a yeah, it's a tough one. Excluding people and pets. Which three things did you miss most while you were at sea? Ah, uh, food. <laughs> I mean, obviously we ate on the boat, but we ate, we ate the dried, uh, dried out food, dehydrated food. Don't get me wrong, it was all right. Actually, it was pretty nice, but just food. And that's what I, I dreamed. That's the most thing I dreamt about when I got to the other side. Oh, I can't wait to have just like proper food and cold drinks. So, uh, what else? I don't think there was anything else. I haven't got a third one that I was missing the most. It's just food and drink. I'm just trying to think. Obviously, people and pets were are just that's just obvious. But no, I can't. I can't give you three at the moment. I can't, my mind's gone blank. I don't think it is a third. It's just food and <laughs> food and drink. How much training did you do before the row? I did quite a bit of training before the row. I mean, I got told in October we were meant to be going in the February, but obviously due to COVID, we didn't end up going until much later, but we were still in Lanzarote there waiting to go. So I did a lot of training in the house and due to COVID, uh, all the gyms were closed. So I managed to get a rowing machine off my mate who owns a gym and I put in my front room. I've got Mark Whittle, my coach. He gave me a workout to do. He gave me a plan. And I think it was, yeah, it was enough because I knew that, the skipper, Billy, hadn't done any training at all, but he's done three oceans, so he knew what to expect. So I hadn't. So I, I didn't want to go on the road, not prepared. So I did quite a bit of training. I, on the, Every Wednesday, I did a two hours, two hours on, two hours off, which was an absolute killer in the house. And I did three sets. So pretty much Wednesdays, I spent all day just rowing in the house. So I went, yeah, I got into the boat and I was pretty much ready to row. Obviously, it's completely different to a rowing machine, but I did a lot of core work as well to strengthen my core. Did you suffer with any injuries, sores, nasties or sickness? I didn't get any seasickness, which was brilliant. Felt a bit, didn't feel 100% for the first few days, but it was fine. I could eat and uh, that was it really. As for sores, yep, sores all over my ass, everywhere. Horrible. Oh, man, I remember me and Billy were rowing. I know he suffered with his ass as well. And uh, we just just find it hard to sit down. So every time we came in off the rope, 
It was just popping boils and all that kind of stuff while I was hanging. Uh, injuries, yes. I did my, I don't know what I did, but I did my, uh, my right lateral muscle rowing at night. And I literally, I was in absolute agony, which put me into, Billy said, look, you can't carry on like this. And he, I was in so much agony, even trying to get to the back of the boat to sit in the, fr- sit in the front cabin out of the way to give it a rest. And just the realisation that, I mean, we're only about four or five days away from Antigua as well. And that injury really, really messed with my head big time. I just lay there and there's just so many things going through your head. Oh, I haven't done it. And I haven't let the team down and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it was, and it was, in every as well and fair play to the boys they um they didn't half look after me and uh make sure they had my food and all that kind of stuff and but after a few days i managed to get out and um just be part of the team again and do something so i did all their food and their drinks and and stuff so they could get more sleep rather than have to bother doing that so as soon as they come off um off the row the food's ready eat and then go straight to sleep so um well, that wasn't too bad. At least I felt like I was doing something. But um, yeah, I say that was the worst, really. Just doing my uh, doing my lateral muscle. But then towards the end, I managed to get onto the uh, onto the oars and pretty much row into uh, Antigua with Billy. Can you pick three songs which remind you of your row? Oh, what's it called? Peanut butter jelly. Billy used to put it on for sunrise every morning for our sunrise stint, and it was just oh man, it was. It just and I, I bought it when I when I got home I bought that song Galantis peanut butter jelly that's where it is I think I think and I bought it and every time I went running and stuff I just put it on in my ears and it just put a massive smile on my face because it just it just and it still does to this day it reminded me of getting out and watch and rowing with that blasting and the sun coming up in a, in in the distance was just amazing and and that will that will stay with me for the rest of my life I lo- loved it uh, another song was a Fat Boy Slim mix big. Beach Boutique, it was a continuous mix, and, and in the night time, because I didn't listen to any music for half of the row, and then I got some headphones off some off Billy, I think it was, to do the rest of the half in the night time, so I was listening to Fat Boy Slim mix, continuous mix, and I must have listened to it over and over again. Absolutely loved it. I'm pretty much rowing and <laughs> rowing and raving in the night. Another song, pretty much any, any ACDC song, really. Me and Billy loved ACDC. I love uh, ACDC, so um, we listened to that quite a bit. So they were my three songs. Did you suffer with any post-adventure blues? Do you know what? I've done, I've done so many endurance challenges in the past, so I knew from experience after doing such a big thing that you go into it. Well, I used to go, I used to get proper depressed. So I knew that I wasn't going to let that happen and I had an event, I had a running event uh, called the Backyard Ultra to train for. So as soon as I got home, I was going to give myself two weeks of just stuffing my face with food and drink and then get back running again and get my legs back into uh, running fitness. So I kept myself really busy. And I keep myself busy. I didn't really get the post-adventure blues. But uh, after I'd finished the Backyard Ultra, managed to get 52 miles under my belt. I let I let off I put my foot off the gas a bit and spent four four to five weeks getting well drinking every single night yeah fell properly off the wagon but um it's all good now it is what it is. What advice do you have for future ocean rowers? My advice is it ain't easy but it's great. I mean just oh, I don't I just don't know what to say really. I mean you know you you signed up for it. 
And you've got to realise what you signed up for. You're living in such cramped conditions. You literally, you're living in a four metre, your house is four metres for a very long time. And you shit, piss, eat, drink and, and, and row in it. So it can be, for some, that's an absolute nightmare. So you've got to remember you signed, what you signed up for. I mean, my advice really is just enjoy it. It's there to be enjoyed. You know, you, it's amazing. You're sat in the middle of nowhere, away from land, away from people, away from emails, away from all that kind of rubbish. Land is very noisy. The sea is noisy as well, but in a good way. So my my advice would just be just just enjoy yourself. Enjoy every minute of it, because before you know it, it's all over. I need you back on land, and then land is nowhere near as good as the sea. No way. Being out at sea is amazing, and I do actually quite miss it. I said to my dad the other day, because Billy sent me some footage of uh, him with an air horn in my ear when we were out to sea, and it just took me back to the boat again. And I just remember sending it to my parents, and I said, "Oh, I miss, I miss being out at sea." So, um, yeah, make the most of it, enjoy every bit, even if it's painful, because the memories are going to last forever. And finally, would you do it again? <laughs> uh, yeah. On that note, yes, I would. Nothing's really been planned to do it again, but. If anything was to come up, I'd do it again, 100%. I obviously have to check in with uh, my loved ones first, can just up and go. I mean, at the end of the day, I couldn't do these kind of things. Nobody can do these kind of things without the help of their loved ones. So um, you've got to have them behind, you've got to have them behind your back and have your back. And yeah, I would definitely do it again. So yeah, that's, that's it, man. I'm just, yeah, stoked. I'm just stoked to being able to have the opportunity to do it. Massive thanks to Monkey Fest for giving me that opportunity. And uh, for basically, it was most probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. So, um, and brought back many fond memories. And every time I think about it, I always put a smile on my face. So, um, happy days. So if anyone out there is thinking about ocean rowing or thinking about doing it, I highly advise it. And uh, if you do do it, enjoy every minute. Cheers. Big thank you to Matt for sharing his story and all of his advice and for always saying yes without question to anything I ask him to do. I am sure you're already following him, but if you aren't, go and check out his Instagram to see what crazy ultra endurance event he gets himself into next. If you are an ocean rower and would like to share your story, get in touch the ocean rowing club at gmail.com or via Instagram at the ocean rowing club. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate and review and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, please like and share and recommend it to all of your friends and don't forget to join us again next week when we'll be going back to the pacific ocean it's almost like i have planned it to alternate like this but i absolutely haven't toodle pip <laughs>